It is often said that many texts were not included, as the Bible was translated from its original language, to a common language, or were intentionally removed in the course of the numerous translations over the centuries and years. One of these texts, is the Testament of Solomon, son of David, who was king in Jerusalem, and mastered and controlled all spirits of the air, on the earth, and under the earth. By the help of these spirits, he built the magnificent temple, and all its transcendent works. We shall know the authorities these spirits wield against men, and by what angels they are made powerless. Shall we begin? Behold, when the temple of the city of Jerusalem was being built, and as the workmen were all busy, a demon called Ornias came among them towards sunset. He took away half of the pay of the master workman's little boy, as well as half his food. Every day, Ornias sucked the thumb of the child's right hand, and every day, the child grew thin, although he was very much loved by the king. Thus, King Solomon called the boy one day, and questioned him, saying, Do I not love you more than all the artisans who are working in the temple of God? Do I not give you double wages, and a double supply of food? How is it that day by day, and hour by hour, you grow thinner? The child said to the king, I pray you, O king, listen to what has befallen all that your child has. After we are all released from our work on the temple of God, after sunset, when I lie down to rest, one of the evil demons comes and takes away from me, one half of my pay, and one half of my food. Then he also takes hold of my right hand, and sucks my thumb, and lo, my soul is oppressed, and so my body waxes thinner every day. When Solomon heard this, he entered the temple of God, and prayed with all his soul, night and day, that the demon might be delivered into his hands, and that he might gain authority over him. And it came to pass, that grace was given to him from the Lord God, by Michael, his archangel. Michael brought him a little ring, having a seal consisting of an engraved stone, and said to him, Take, O Solomon, son of David, the gift which the Lord God has sent you, the highest sabbat. With it, you shall lock up all demons of the earth, male and female, and with their help, you shall build up Jerusalem. But you must wear this seal of God, and this engraving of the seal of the ring sent to you, is a pentalpha. Solomon glorified the God of heaven and earth, and on the next day, he called the boy, and gave him the ring, and said to him, Take this, and at the hour in which the demon shall come unto you, throw this ring at the chest of the demon, and say to him, In the name of God, come, King Solomon summons you. Then dear child, do come running to me, without any fear of what you may hear from the demon. So the child took the ring, and went off, and behold, at the customary hour, Ornias, the fierce demon, 
came like a burning fire to take the pay from the child. But the child, according to the instructions received from the king, threw the ring at the chest of the demon, and said, King Solomon calls you. And then he went off running to the king. But the demon cried out aloud, saying, Child, why have you done this to me? Take the ring off me, and I will give to you the gold of the earth. Only take this ring off me, and give it back to Solomon. But the child said to the demon, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, I will not stand you any more. So come now. And the child came rejoicing to the king, and said, I have brought the demon, O king, as you did command me, O my master. And behold, he stands before the gates of the court of your palace, crying out, and supplicating with a loud voice, offering me the silver and gold of the earth, if I would not deliver him to you. When Solomon heard this, he rose up from his throne, and went outside into the vestibule of the court of his palace, and there he saw the demon, shuddering and trembling. And he said to him, Who are you? And the demon answered, I am called Ornias. And Solomon said to him, Tell me, O demon, to what zodiacal sign you are subject. And the demon answered, To the Aquarius. And I strangle those who are consumed with desire for the noble virgins upon earth. But in case there is no disposition to sleep, I am changed into three forms. Whenever men come to be enamored of women, I metamorphose myself into a comely female, and I take hold of the men in their sleep, and play with them. And after a while, I again take to my wings, and fly to the heavenly regions. I also appear as a lion, and I am commanded by all the demons. I am the offspring of the archangel Uriel, the power of God. Having heard the name of the archangel, Solomon glorified God, and sealed the demon, and set him to work at stone cutting, so that he might cut the stones in the temple, which, lying along the shore, had been brought by the sea of Arabia. But the demon, fearful of the iron, continued and said to him, I pray you, King Solomon, let me go free, and I will bring you all the demons. He was not willing to be subject to Solomon, so Solomon prayed to the archangel Uriel for succor, and lo, he saw the archangel Uriel coming down from the heavens. The archangel had authority over the monsters of the sea, the behemoth and the leviathan, which come out of the abyss. In the book of Ezra, male sea monsters are named behemoth, and the female are named leviathan. As the archangel Uriel came forth, she cast her destiny to the ground, the destiny which made the great demon subject to her, and she commanded the great and bold Ornias to cut stones at the temple, and to bring to completion the construction of the temple. Solomon glorified God, and called forth Ornias, and gave him the seal, saying, Away with you, and bring to me the prince of all the demons. So Ornias took the finger ring, and went off to Belzebul, who is king over the demons. He said to Belzebul, Come, Solomon summons you.
So Ornias took the finger ring, and went off to Belzebul, who is king over the demons. He said to Belzebul, Come, Solomon summons you. But Belzebul, having heard him, said to him, Tell me, who is this Solomon, of whom you speak to me? Ornias simply threw the ring at the chest of Belzebul, saying, Solomon the king summons you. By the power of the ring, Elzebul cried aloud with a mighty voice, and shot out a great burning flame of fire, and he arose, and followed Ornias, and came to Solomon. When Solomon saw the prince of demons, he praised the Lord God, then he questioned Belzebul, saying, Who are you? The demon replied, I am Belzebul, the ruler of the demons. Solomon demanded that without interruption, the chief of the demons seat close to him, and explain the manifestations of the demons. And Belzebul sat next to the king, and promised to bring him all the spirits under his rule. Solomon asked of the demon if there were any females among them, and when he told him that there were, the king asked to see them. So Belzebul went off at a high speed, and brought unto him a female demon called Onoskeles, who had a very pretty shape, and skin so fair, but her legs were those of a mule, and she tossed her head every now and then. The name Onoskeles means she who has the legs of an ass. As she stood before the throne, Solomon said to her, Tell me, who are you? And she said to him, I am called Onoskeles, a spirit which has been made into a body, and lurks upon the earth. There is a golden cave where I lie, but my most frequent dwelling places are the precipices, caves, and ravines. I am of many characters, and I pervert men from their true natures. I creep up from nature into the arms of men, and strangle them with a noose. But sometimes I do consort with them in the semblance of a woman, especially with those of a darker skin. Those who share my star with me, who privately or openly worship my star, know not that they harm themselves, and fuel my appetite for further mischief. They wish to obtain money by the worship and commemoration of me, however, I supply a little to those who worship me fairly. Solomon questioned her about her birth, and she replied, I was born of an untimely voice, born from an echo of the utterance of a man, made in the woods. This spirit is similar to the Hebrew spirit and daughter of the voice, named Bath Kol, as well as to the Greek spirit, named Echo. Solomon said to her, Under what star do you pass? And she answered him, Under the star of the full moon for the reason that the moon travels over most things. Then he said to her, And what angel is it that frustrates you? And she said to him, It is he, who lives in you. She probably meant the spirit of God in Solomon, but Solomon thought that she mocked him, and had his soldiers strike her. Onoskeles cried aloud, and said, I am subject to you, O king, by the wisdom of God, given to you, and by the angel Joel. So Solomon commanded her to spin the hemp, 
for the ropes used in the building of the house of God, and accordingly, when he had sealed and bound her, she was overcome, and made powerless, and to do nothing, but spin the hemp, night and day. After he had dealt with the succubus, Onoskeles, Solomon, at once, bade another demon to be led unto him, and instantly, there approached him a spirit, intimidating, and menacing, but he was bound. This was the demon, Asmodeus. And the king asked him, Who are you? But Asmodeus shot him a glance of anger and rage, saying, And who are you? And Solomon said to him, You are subject to me, and to be punished by me. You must answer me. But the demon, with rage, said to him, How shall I answer to you, you, who are born of a man, whereas, I was born of an angel's seed, by a daughter of man? No word of our heavenly kind, addressed to you, earthborn, can be too offensive and arrogant. Behold, my star shines bright in heaven. Men call it the great bear, others call it the dragon's child, and I keep near, unto this star. So, do not ask me many things, for your kingdom will fall, after a little time, and your glory is but for a season, and short will be your tyranny over us, and then, we shall again have free range over mankind, so that they shall revere us as if we were gods and being mortal men that they are, they shall not know the names of the angels, set higher above our kind. And Solomon, on hearing this, bound Asmodeus more carefully, and ordered him to be flogged with the whip of ox hide, and to tell him humbly, what was his name, and what was his business. And the demon answered him thus, I am called Asmodeus among mortals, and my business is to plot against the newly wedded, so that they may not know one another, and I sever them utterly, by many calamities. I waste away the beauty of virgin women, and estrange their hearts. And Solomon said to him, Is this your only business? And the demon answered him, I tempt men into fits of desire, and madness, over other women, when they already have wives of their own, so that they leave their wives, and go off by night and day, to women who belong to other men, so that they fall into sin, and commit murderous deeds. Solomon listened in awe, to this demon, for this was the same act for which his father, David, committed murder. He appealed to the demon by the name of the Lord Sabaoth, saying, Fear God, Asmodeus, and tell me by what angel you are frustrated. And Asmodeus said, I am frustrated by Raphael, the archangel, who stands before the throne of God. But the liver and gall of one fish also put me to flight, when smoked over ashes of the tamarisk. Solomon again asked him, Hide nothing from me, for I am Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Tell me the name of the fish which you fear. And the demon answered, 
it is the Glanos, by name, and is found in the rivers of Assyria. It is why I merely roam about, in those parts. And Solomon said to him, Have you nothing else about you, Asmodeus? And the demon answered, The power of God which has bound me with the indissoluble bonds of your seal, knows, that whatever I have told you, is true. I pray you, King Solomon, condemn me not to go into water. Solomon smiled, and said to him, As the Lord God of my fathers liveth, I will lay iron on you to wear. But you shall also make the clay, for the entire construction of the temple, treading it down with your mighty feet. And the king ordered his men to give him ten water jars to carry water in. And the demon groaned terribly, and did the work he was ordered to do. As an act of caution, Solomon had the liver and gall of the Glano's fish, hung on the spike of a reed, and burned it over Asmodeus, because this demon was so strong, because this demon knew even the future. And this he did, to frustrate this demon's unbearable malice. After Asmodeus had been bound, Solomon summoned again, to stand before him, Belzebul, the prince of demons. And he sat him down on a raised seat of honor, and said to him, Why are you alone, O prince of the demons? And the demon said to him, Because I am all that is left of the angels that came down. I was once an angel in the first heaven, and now I control all those who are bound in Tartarus. But I have a child, and he haunts the Red Sea. He is subject to me, and comes up to me on occasions, and reveals to me what he has done, and I support him. Solomon said to him, Belzebul, what is your duty? And the demon answered, I destroy kings. I ally myself with foreign tyrants and my own demons, I set unto men, so that they may believe in them, and be lost. The servants of God, the priests and faithful men, I rouse in them, desires for wicked sins, lawless deeds, and evil heresies. Fickle men that they are, they obey me, and are led to destruction. I fill men with wrath, and the desire for murder, for wars for sodomy, and other evil things. Hear me now, I shall destroy the world. So Solomon said to him, Bring to me your child, who, as you say, is in the Red Sea. But Belzebul said to him, I will not bring him to you, but there shall come another demon, one of the wind, called Aphippus. Him will I bind, and him will I bring up from the deep. And Solomon asked, How is it that your son resides in the depths of the sea, and what is his name? And the demon answered, Do not ask me, for you cannot learn that from me. He will come to you by command, and will tell you openly. So Solomon said to him, Tell me, in which star do you reside? 
And the demon answered, The one men call the evening star. And Solomon again said to him, Tell me by what angel you are frustrated. And the demon answered, By the holy name of the Almighty God. If I be commanded, by the great name of the power Elif, I disappear at once. Solomon was astounded when he heard this, and ordered him to saw up the Theban marbles. When the other demons saw Belzebul, they cried out with a loud voice, howling because of their king. Solomon questioned him, saying, If you would have the chance, would you tell me about the things in heaven? And Belzebul said, Here, O king, if you burn gum, incense, and sea bulbs, with nard and saffron, and light seven lamps during an earthquake, you shall firmly build your house. And being pure, if you light the seven lamps at dawn, when the sun rises, then you will see the heavenly dragons, how they wind themselves along, and drag the chariot of the sun. Having heard this, Solomon believed Belzebul was mocking him, and rebuked him, saying, Be silent this very moment, and continue to saw the marbles, as I commanded you. And by the divine power vested in him, the demon obeyed. To the Jews, Belzebul is the same as Satan, as well as the Canaanite god, Baal, or Baal. Some say that Satan and Lucifer are the same, but it is widely believed that they are two separate beings, although they were both cast from heaven and rule over hell. It is believed that Satan is Belzebub, the Canaanite lord of the flies, and dung, while Lucifer is Lucifer, the fallen seraphim, the morning star. Having heard this, Solomon believed Belzebul was mocking him, and rebuked him, saying, Be silent this very moment, and continue to saw the marbles, as I commanded you. And by the divine power vested in him, the demon obeyed. And Solomon commanded another demon to present himself, and a spirit appeared before him, with his face high up in the air, but the rest of him curled away like a snail. This was a spirit of the wind, similar to the Arabian jinn, Ephippus, whom Solomon would meet in the future. The spirit broke through Solomon's soldiers, and raised a terrible wind of dust on the ground, and carried it upwards, then threw it back on the people and their king, to frighten them. But Solomon stood up from his throne, and came forth. He spat in that spot on the ground, from where the dust was raised, and sealed that spot with the ring of God, and instantly, the dusty wind stopped. This is similar to the magic, some prefer to call it miracle, that Jesus did in the book of John 9 verse 6, where Jesus spat on the ground, and made a clay of the sputum, and anointed the eyes of a blind man with the clay, and the man began to see and Mark 7 verse 33, where he spat and touched the tongue of a man whose speech was impaired, 
and the man began to speak clearly. And so, Solomon asked the wind spirit, saying, Who are you, O wind? Then the demon once more shook up the dust, and answered, What would you have, King Solomon? What do you want? And Solomon said to him, Tell me what you are called, and I would gladly ask you a question. And the demon answered, I am Tephraes, the spirit of the ashes. And Solomon said to him, What is your purpose? And the demon answered, I bring darkness upon men, I set fire to the fields, and I bring about broken homes, and make them useless. I am most busy in the summer, but whenever I get an opportunity, I creep into the corners of the wall, by night and day, from where I wreck mischief. I am the offspring of the Great One, and nothing less. Solomon said to him, Under what star do you reside? And the spirit answered, In the very tip of the moon's horn, when it is found in the south. There is my star. I have the power to stop the convulsions of the terrible hemi-tertian fever, and this is why many men pray to me, when one is struck with this fever, and I heal them. And Solomon said to him, By whose aid do you cure this illness, and do you cause further harm? And the demon answered, No harm is done, for it comes from the angel, by whose power the fever fades on its third day. So Solomon questioned him, saying, By the power of which angel? And he answered, That of the archangel, Isaiah. Calling upon the archangel Isaiah, some call him Azrael, Solomon set a seal on the demon, Tephraes, commanding him to carry the great stones, and toss them up to the workmen on the higher parts of the temple. And by the archangel, the demon was compelled, and began to do as he was bade. After he had dealt with Tephraes, the wind demon, Solomon ordered another demon to come before him. And there came seven female spirits, bound and woven together, fair in appearance, and comely. And Solomon, seeing them, questioned them, saying, Who are you? And they, with one accord, said with one voice, we are of the thirty-three elements of the cosmic ruler of the darkness. The first said, I am deception. And the second said, I am strife. The third said, I am clothed, which means battle. And the fourth said, I am jealousy. The fifth said, I am power. And the sixth said, I am error. The seventh said, I am the worst of all and our stars are in heaven. Seven stars, blue and humble in splendor, and always together. We are called goddesses, and we live together. We change our abode, sometimes in Lydia, sometimes in Olympus, and sometimes in a great mountain. These seven spirits are said to be the same as the seven Pleiades of Greek mythology, 
the seven sisters who were companions of the moon goddess and huntress, Artemis, as well as the daughters of the great titan, Atlas, and the sea nymph, Pleione. So Solomon questioned them one by one, beginning with the first, and going down to the seventh, saying, What is your purpose? And the first said, I am deception. I deceive and weave snares, here and there. I fuel and excite heresies. But I have an angel who frustrates me, and it is Lamechalal. Likewise, the second said, I am strife, the strife of strifes. I bring timbers, stones, hangers, and my weapons on the spot. But I have an angel who frustrates me. It is Barushachil. The third said, I am clothed, I am battle. I cause the well-behaved to scatter and fall foul of one another. I have an angel that frustrates me, and it is Marmarat. And the fourth said, I am jealousy. I cause men to forget their sobriety and moderation. I part them and split them into parties, for strife follows me hand in hand. I separate the husband from the sharer of his bed, and children from parents, and brothers from sisters. But why tell so much about my hatred? I have an angel that frustrates me, it is the great Balthiel. The fifth said, I am power. By power I raise up tyrants, and tear down kings. To all rebels, I give power. But I have an angel that frustrates me, and it is Astaroth. And the sixth said, I am error, O King Solomon, and hear me. I shall make you to err, as I have made you to err before, when I caused you to slay your own brother. I shall again lead you into error. I teach men the art of necromancy, so that they pry into graves. I lead errant souls away from all devotion to God Almighty, and many other evil traits, are mine. But I have an angel that frustrates me, and it is Uriel. The incident the spirit of error spoke of, referred to Solomon's elder brother, Adonijah, whom Solomon executed, after he became king. Years ago, at the death of the eldest sons of David, Amnon, and Absalom, Adonijah tried to proclaim himself king, for he was next in line for the throne. But the prophet Nathan warned David, through his wife Bathsheba, that it was the will of God, that Solomon, the younger son, be made king, and as instructed, David proclaimed Solomon king. Adonijah begged for mercy, and was pardoned by Solomon. But shortly into the future, Solomon would execute Adonijah over a very trivial matter. The spirit of error claims it was she who made him react so strongly and unreasonably. And so, the seventh spirit said, I am the worst, and I shall make you worse off than you were, because I shall impose the bonds of Artemis. You shall set me free by the locust, for it is by that means that you shall fulfill my desire. If one were truly wise, he would not turn his steps towards me. By her statement, this spirit foretells that the time Solomon shall turn away from God, was nigh. 
He shall build altars for foreign gods, and worship them. He shall build an altar for the demon, Moloch, and offer sacrifices of locust to him. And it shall come to pass as the Spirit foretold, Solomon would become far worse than he had ever been before. Solomon wondered deeply at this revelation, and sealed them with the ring of God. But since they were so considerable and mellow in behavior, Solomon only commanded them to dig the foundations of the temple of God, which was 250 cubits in length. He bade them to be industrious, and with one murmur of joint protest, they began to perform the tasks, as commanded. After the seven sisters of darkness had been bound, Solomon bade another demon to come before him. And there came a demon, having the body and all the limbs of a man, but without a head. And Solomon, seeing him, said to him, Tell me, who are you? And he answered, I am a demon. So Solomon said to him, Which are you? And he answered, I am called Envy for I delight to devour heads, being desirous to secure for myself a head. But I never eat enough, and as I stand before you, I desire to have such a head as yours. Solomon, on hearing this, stretched out his hand against the demon's chest, and sealed him with the ring of God. The demon leapt up, and threw himself down, and gave a loud groan, saying, I am doomed. Where have I come to, O traitor Ornias? I cannot see. So Solomon said to him, I am Solomon. Tell me then how it is you manage to see, when you are without a head. And the demon answered, By the means of my feelings. And Solomon asked him, How do you manage to speak? And he answered, O king, I am holy voice for I have inherited the voices of many. In the case of all men who are called dumb, it is I who smashed their heads when they were children and had reached their eighth day. When a child is crying in the night, I become a spirit and move by the means of his voice. Along the crossroads also do I pass, and whoever I encounter shall be harmed, for I grasp a man's head with my hands and with a sword, I cut it off, and put it onto myself, and through my neck, it is consumed by the fire which burns inside me. I mutilate the dead in the graves, and inflict incurable sores on men's feet. And Solomon said to him, Tell me how you emit the fire? Out of what sources do you emit it? And the spirit said, From the day star, for here, has not yet been found, the great demon Elberion, to whom men offer prayers and kindle lights. His true name is not known by men. He is invoked by the seven sisters, whom he greatly cherishes. Solomon said to him, Tell me his name. But the demon answered, I cannot tell you, for if I tell his name, I render myself incurable.
he will come when he is called. And Solomon said to him, Tell me then, by what angel you are frustrated? And he answered, By the fiery flash of lightning, and the angel, Ix. Not sure what to do with this headless eyeless demon, Solomon kept him in the custody of Belzebul, until he summons the angel, Ix. As Solomon was still contemplating on what to do with the demon, Envy, he ordered another demon to come before him. And there came into his presence, an enormous hound, having a very large shape, and it spoke with a loud voice, saying, Hail, Lord, King Solomon. Solomon was astounded, and said to it, Who are you, O hound? And it answered, I do indeed seem to you to be a hound, but long before you were, O king, I was a man that wrought so many unholy deeds on earth. I surpassed all, in my vast knowledge of the letters, and was so mighty, that I could hold the stars of heaven back. Many marvelous works did I create, but I do harm to men who follow after our star, and I seize the frenzied men by the larynx, and destroy them. Solomon said to him, what is your name? And he answered, I am Rabdos. And the king said to him, What is your purpose? And what are the things you can do? And the demon replied, Give me one of your men, and I will lead him away into a mountain, and will show him a green precious stone, tossed to and fro, with which you may adorn the temple of the Lord God. Solomon, on hearing this, ordered his servant to set off with Rabdos, and to take the finger ring, bearing the seal of God, with him. He said to his servant, Whoever shall show you the green stone, seal him with this finger ring, and mark the spot with care, then bring me the demon at once. The demon showed him the mine of the green stone, and as instructed, the servant marked the spot, and sealed the demon, bringing him back to the king. Having decided at last, what to do with the demon Envy, as well as Rabdos the Hound, that was so huge, Solomon, with his right hand, confined his seal on the two spirits. He commanded the demon Envy to keep the lamps alight, night and day, so that they cast their lights on the artisans at work in the temple, and he bade the gigantic Rabdos to keep watch of Envy and ensure he does not fail in his light-bearing duties. Then Solomon took from the mine of that stone, two hundred shekels, for the supports of the table of incense, and had his men construct an enclosure round the mine of that stone. This is where the legends of King Solomon's mines came from. Before he dismissed Rabdos the hound, Solomon asked him, By what angel are you frustrated? And the demon replied, It is by the great Brius. And then he led the headless envy to do the work they had been bidden.
After the demon hound, Rabdos, had been bound, Solomon bade another demon to come forward, and there came before him, a spirit, in the form of a mighty lion, roaring loudly. Then he stood before the king, and said, O king, in the form which I have, I am quite a spirit who cannot be perceived. I leap upon all men who lie prostrate with sickness, coming stealthily along. I render the man weak, so that his body is enfeebled. But I am equally capable of glorious deeds, for I cast out demons, and I have under my control many legions of spirits. I am well received by all those who I take possession of, along with all the demons belonging to my legion. And Solomon asked him, What is your name? And he answered, I am Wrath, the lion-bearer. And Solomon said to him, How are you to be frustrated, along with your legions? What angel is it that frustrates you? And he answered, If I tell the name, I bind not only myself, but also the legions of demons under me. So Solomon said to him, I implore you in the name of the god Sabaoth, to tell me by what name you are frustrated, along with your host. And the spirit answered him, saying, He is the great among men, who is to come, and who is to suffer many things at the hands of men. His name is Emmanuel. It is he who has bound us, and who will then come, and plunge us into the deep. By the name Emmanuel, the lion-bearer refers to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Solomon condemned his legion to carry wood from the thicket, and condemned the great lion-bearer himself, to saw up the wood, with his powerful teeth, for the burning, in the unquenchable furnace of the temple of God. When the lion-bearer, Wrath, had gone, Solomon bade another demon to come forward. And there came before him, a great dragon, terrifying, and with three heads. Solomon questioned him, saying, Who are you? And the dragon answered, I am a caltrop-like spirit, and as I have three heads, so are my activities of three kinds. I blind children in their mother's wombs, and twirl their ears round. I make them deaf and dumb, and I smite men in the limbless part of the body, causing them to fall down and foam and grind their teeth. But there is a way to frustrate me. That Calvary outside the walls of Jerusalem, appointed to guard that spot, is an angel of great counsel who now openly dwells on the cross. It is he who frustrates me and I am subject to him. O King Solomon, listen. In the place where you sit, stands a column in the air, of purple. The demon called Ephippus, has brought it up from the Red Sea, from inner Arabia. It is he, that shall be shut up in a skin bottle, and brought before you. But at the entrance of the temple, which you have begun to build, O King, 
lies a storage of much gold, which you can dig up and carry off. Solomon, on hearing this, sent his servants to dig into the spot, and they found the chest of gold, just as the demon told him. And Solomon said to the dragon, What are you called? And he answered, I am the crest of dragons. And Solomon sealed him with the ring, and bade him to make bricks in the temple, since he had hands. After he had sealed the crest of dragons, Solomon bade another demon to present himself. And there came before him a spirit in woman's form, that had a head and half a body, but without any limbs, for they were invisible, and her hair was disheveled. And Solomon said to her, Who are you? But she answered, Nay, who are you? And why do you want to hear concerning me? But as I stand bound before your face, if you would learn, go then, into your royal storehouse, and wash your hands. Then sit down afresh, before your tribunal, and ask me questions, and you shall learn, O king, who I am. And Solomon did as she told him, so that he might hear of her deeds, the extent of her powers, so that he might reprimand them, and manifest them to men. He sat down, and said to the demon, What are you? And the demon said, I am Obezuth, as men call me, and I do not sleep, nor tire. By night, I go round over the world, and visit pregnant women, who are due to give birth, divining the hour I take my stand. As the woman goes into labor, as she pushes forth the child, I go in for the child, and make sure it does not live, for I strangle it to death. But if I am not lucky, I retire to another place, and look for the next child, and the next. I do not retire unsuccessful, even for a single night, for I am a fierce spirit, known by many names, and able to take on many forms. Indeed, Obazuth is a fierce demon, a very terrible one, known as Abizu in European myths, and as Hal, or Al, in Persian myths, she is said to cause miscarriages, and the death of newborns, motivated by envy, for what she could never have. She was once human, and could not forget a child, for she was infertile. Some say she is the same as the Geek Medusa, that she's Medusa's head turned into a demon, but this is likely not so, as they share no similarities, except that sometimes, Obazuth appears with a head full of snakes, or other serpentine features, similar to a gorgon. But as she said, she is a spirit capable of many forms. And Solomon asked her, saying, Where is your residence, Obazuth? And she answered, Here and there, do I roam, and like the sun, from the east to the west, do I go my rounds? But, as it is now, 
You have sealed me with the ring of God, yet you can do nothing. I stand bound before you, but you will not be able to command me, for I have no work other than the destruction of children, the making their ears to be deaf, and the working of evil to their eyes, the binding of their mouths and tongues with a bond, so they shall not speak, the ruining of their minds, and the affliction of pain in their bodies. I can be of no other service. When Solomon heard this, he again slowly beheld this demon, and marveled at her appearance. Her lower body was nowhere to be seen, it was hidden by the darkness, or perhaps she had none. Her voice was clear, her eyes were bright and shiny, and her long but unkempt hair was tossed wildly, like that of a dragon. And he said to her, Tell me by what angel you are frustrated, O evil spirit. And the demon answered, By the angel of God, called Apharot, who is better known to men as Raphael. It is he who frustrates me, now and for all time. If his name be written on a woman in childbirth, then I shall not be able to enter her, and harm her child. Having heard this, Solomon sealed Obazuth, and ordered her hair to be bound, and that she be hung up in front of the temple of God, so that all the children of Israel may see her, as they passed and glorify the Lord God of Israel, who had saved them from this evil, by the authority, wisdom and power he had given to Solomon their king. Obizuth had been dealt with, Solomon again ordered another demon to come before him. And rolling itself along, came a spirit, in the appearance of a half-man half-dragon, having the face and hands of a man, as well as the body and limbs of a man, but its feet were those of a dragon, and it had dragon wings, and tail, on its back. And when the king beheld it, astonished, he said to it, who are you, demon? What are you called? And from where have you come? And what is your purpose? Tell me. And the spirit answered, saying, This is the first time I have stood before you, O King Solomon. I am a spirit made into a god, among men, but now brought to nothing, by the ring and wisdom bestowed unto you by God. I am the so-called winged dragon, and although I pair with quite a number of women, only those of fair shape do I bed. I copulate with them in the form of a winged spirit, and she, on whom I have leapt, goes heavy with child, and that which is born of her, becomes Eros. But since such offspring cannot be carried by men, the woman in question, breaks wind. Such is what I do. If you are not satisfied, then all the other demons, nested within me, whom you have equally disturbed and bound, will tell you the whole truth. And if you so wish, those composed of fire, will burn up the logs, which are to be collected by them, for the building of the temple. As the demon said this, and to demonstrate, 
there went forth a spirit from his mouth, and it consumed the wood of the frankincense tree, and burned up all the logs, which the artisans had placed in the temple of God. And seeing it, Solomon marveled at what the spirit had done. He asked the dragon-shaped one, saying, Tell me, by what angel are you frustrated? And he answered, By the great angel, which has its seat in the second heaven, and which is known in Hebrew, as Bazazith. And accordingly, Solomon invoked his angel, and sealed the dragon-shaped demon, condemning him to sew up marbles, for the building of the temple of God. After the man-dragon had been bound, King Solomon commanded another demon to come before him. And there came before his face, another spirit, in the form of a woman, but with three heads, one in the middle, and two other heads by the sides, each with hands. This was the spirit, Inepsigos, known in Greek mythology, as Hecate, or Hecate, the shape-shifting goddess of witchcraft, necromancy, and of the night. And Solomon asked her, saying, Tell me, who are you? And she said to him, I am Inepsigos, known among men by a myriad of other names. And Solomon said to her, By what angel are you frustrated? But the spirit said to him, What do you seek? Why do you ask? I undergo changes, like the goddess I am called. I change into a shape, and I change again, into possession of another shape. Therefore, do not be desirous to know all that concerns me. But since you are before me for this much, hear me. My abode is in the moon, and for that reason, I possess three forms. Sometimes, I am magically invoked by the wise, as Kronos, and sometimes, in connection with those who bring me down, I appear in any form of any shape and size. While in other times, I come down, in the form as you see me. But I am frustrated by the angel, Rathaniel, who sits in the third heaven. This then, is why I speak to you. Your temple over there, cannot contain me. But Solomon did the thing he always did. He prayed to his God, and invoked the angel, of whom Inepsigo spoke to him. Then he sealed her with a triple chain, fastening the chain beneath her, with the seal. He bound her with unbreakable chains. And when he had done this, Inepsigos calmly looked at him, and prophesied, saying, Look what you do to us, King Solomon, is this how you treat us? Hear me now, after a time, your kingdom shall be broken, and this temple shall be riven asunder. All of Jerusalem shall be undone and conquered by the king of the Persians, and Medes, and Chaldeans. The vessels of this temple, which you make, shall be put to the service and worship of the gods, and along with them, all the jars in which you shut us up, 
shall be broken by the hands of men. And then we shall go forth in great power, here and there, and be disseminated all over the world. We shall lead astray the inhabited world, for a long season, until the Son of God is stretched upon the cross, for never before has there risen a king like him, the one who will frustrate us all, whose mother shall not have contact with any man. Who else can receive such authority over spirits, except he, whom the first devil will seek to tempt, but will not prevail over? He shall be called Emmanuel. But for you, King Solomon, your time is evil, and your years short and evil, and to your servant shall your kingdom be given. Emmanuel, as mentioned before, refers to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Solomon was truly shaken by the words of these spirits, for this is the third spirit to foretell his doom. But of course, he would not acknowledge these prophecies until they came true. He refused to believe their words, but when they were realized, he then understood how powerful these spirits are. And right before his death, he would write this testament to the children of Israel and give it to them so that they might know the powers of the demons, and their shapes, and the names of the higher angels by which these fallen angels are frustrated. When the triple-headed goddess, Inepsigos, had been bound in chains and dismissed from his presence, Solomon commanded another spirit to come before him. And there came before his face a demon, whose front was the shape of a horse, but its behind was that of a fish. He had a mighty voice and said to the king, O King Solomon, I am a fierce spirit of the sea, and I am greedy of gold and silver. I am such a spirit that rounds itself, and comes over the expanses of the waters of the sea, where I trip up the men who sail there. I transform and round myself into a wave, and then throw myself at ships, and come right in on them, and loot whatever money and treasures I may find. That is what I do, for that is my way of getting hold of money, and men. But I am not covetous of men's bodies, for I have no use for them. I take the men, and whirl them round, with myself, and hurl them so far away, casting them up, out of the sea. But Belzebul, ruler of the spirits of air, and of those under the earth, and lord of earthly ones, has a joint kingship with us, in respect that each one of us tell him of our deeds. Therefore, I went up from the sea, to tell him of mine, only to be assaulted, by bringing me here. I also have another character and role. I transform myself into waves, and come up from the sea, and show myself to men, so that those on earth call me Kunospaston, because I assume a human form. As I pass up into men, I send forth a certain nausea, causing them to be seasick. I came then, to take counsel with the Prince Belzebul, 
and he bound me, and delivered me into your hands. And here I am, before you, because of this seal, and you now torment me. The waters of the sea sustain me. Behold now, in two or three days, the spirit that stands before you, and converses with you, will weaken and fail, because I have no water. And Solomon said to him, Tell me by what angel you are frustrated. And he answered, By the angel, Ionith. And Solomon commanded that the spirit be thrown into a glass vessel, filled with ten jugs of seawater, of two measures each. And he sealed the mouth of the vessel round, above the marbles and asphalt and pitch. And having sealed it with his ring, he ordered it to be deposited in the temple of God. When the demon seahorse had been sealed within a glass vessel, Solomon ordered another spirit to come before him. And there came before his face, another spirit, having obscurely the form of a man, very tall and large, with gleaming eyes, and bearing in his hand a sharp blade. This spirit was a Nephil, one of the Nephilim, a race of giants mentioned in the Christian Bible who existed when the world was still young. Giants who were the children of the sons of God, with the daughters of men. And Solomon asked him, saying, Who are you? And the spirit answered, I am a lascivious spirit, a lustful spirit, who had risen from a giant man, who died during the massacre, in the time of the giants. Solomon said to him, Tell me, what do you do upon earth? And where is your dwelling place? And he answered, My dwelling is in fruitful places. But here is what I do. I seat myself beside the men who pass along and among the tombs of the dead, and in untimely season, I assume the form of the dead, whereby, if I catch any one, I at once destroy him with my sword. But if I cannot destroy him, I cause him to be possessed with a demon, and to devour his own flesh, and the hair, to fall off his chin. And Solomon said to him, Do you have fear for the God of heaven and of earth? Tell me by what angel you are frustrated. And the spirit answered, He who frustrates me is he who is to become the Savior, a God-made man, whose name, if written on anyone's forehead, will defeat me, for I shall quickly retreat. And indeed, if anyone bears his sign on him, I shall be in fear, and go no closer. Like the spirits before him, this spirit made reference to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And Solomon glorified the Lord God, and imprisoned this demon, like he did the rest.
After the Nephilim demon had been bound, Solomon commanded another demon to come before him. And there came before his face, thirty-six spirits, most of their heads shaped like animals, but in themselves, they were in human form, having faces of all sorts, faces of asses, faces of lion, faces of oxen, and faces of birds. These were the spirits of the zodiacal circle, and of the thirty-six constellations, called Deccans, in ancient Egyptian astronomy. And Solomon, on seeing them, wondered, and asked them, saying, Who are you? But they, of one accord, with one voice, said, We are the thirty-six elements, the world rulers of darkness. And O, oh, King Solomon, you will not wrong us, nor imprison us, nor lay command on us. But since the Lord God has given you authority over every spirit, in the air, and on the earth, and under the earth, we therefore also present ourselves before you, like the other spirits, from ram and bull, from both twin and crab, from lion and virgin, from scales and scorpion, from archer and goat horned, and from water pourer and fish. Then Solomon invoked the name of the Lord Sabaoth, and questioned each, in turn, as to what was its character. He bade each one to come forward, and tell of its actions. And the thirty-six spirits came forward in threes, each set of three, representing one zodiacal sign. The first three decans came forward, and introduced themselves as the decans of the first zodiacal sign, the one known as Ares, or the Ram. And Solomon questioned them, saying, What are you called? And the first spirit said, I am called Ruax, and I cause the heads of men to be idle, and pillage their brows. But if I hear the words, Michael, imprison Ruax, I retreat at once. The second said, I am called Barsephael, and I cause those who are subject to my hour, to feel the pain of migraine. If only I hear the words, Gabriel, imprison Barsephael, I retreat at once. And the third said, I am called a rotosail. I do harm to the eyes, and grievously injure them. Only let me hear the words, Uriel, imprison a ratosail, and I'll retreat at once. The fourth spirit was not given account of, or perhaps he declined to introduce himself, but he is called Horapel. The fifth spirit said, I am called Eudel, and I bring about a block in the ears, and deafness of hearing. If I hear, Uriel, imprison Eudel, I retreat at once. And the sixth said, I am called Sundanel. I cause tumors of the parotid gland, and inflammations of the tonsils, and tetanic recurvation. If I hear, Sabrail, imprison Sfundanel, I retreat at once. These spirits, from the fourth to the sixth, were the three decans of the zodiacal sign, Taurus, or the bull. The seventh spirit said, I am called Thunder, and I weaken the strength of the shoulders, and cause them to tremble. I paralyze the nerves of the hands, 
I break and bruise the bones of the neck, and I suck out the marrow. But if I hear the words, Aryl, imprison Svander, I at once retreat. The eight said, I am called Belbel. I distort the hearts and minds of men. If I hear the words, Aryl, imprison Belbel, I at once retreat. And the ninth said, I am called Curtail. I send colics in the bowels, and I induce pains. If I hear the words, Ioth, imprison Curtail, I at once retreat. These spirits, from seventh to ninth, were the three decans of the zodiacal sign, Gemini, or the twins. The tenth spirit said, I am called Metathiax. I cause the reins to ache. If I hear the words, Adonal, imprison Metathiax, I at once retreat. The eleventh said, I am called Katanakotal. I create strife and wrongs in men's homes, and send on them hard temper. If anyone would be at peace in his home, let him write on seven leaves of laurel, the name of the angel that frustrates me, along with these words, I, Aio, sons of Sabaut, in the name of the great God, shut up Katanakotal. Then let him wash the laurel leaves in water, and sprinkle his house with the water, from within, to the outside. And at once I shall retreat. And the twelfth said, I am called Sapatharail, and I inspire partisanship in men, and delight in causing them to stumble. If anyone will write on paper, these names of angels, Iaco, Elo, Iolit, Sabaut, Ithaf, A, and having folded it up, wear it round his neck, or against his ear, I at once retreat, and dissipate the drunken fit. These spirits, from the tenth to the twelfth, were the three decans of the zodiacal sign, Cancer, or the Crab. The thirteenth spirit said, I am called Bobble, I am also called Bothothel, and I cause nervous illness by my assaults. If I hear the name of the great, as thus, Adonal, imprison Bothothel, I at once retreat. The fourteenth said, I am called Cumentel, and I inflict shivering fits, and torpor. If only I hear the words, Zoroel, imprison Cumentel, I at once retreat. And the fifteenth said, I am called Rold, some call me Subeti. I cause cold, and frost, and pain in the stomach. Let me only hear the words, Iax, bide not, be not warmed. For Solomon is fairer than eleven fathers, I at once retreat. These spirits, from thirteenth to fifteenth, were the three decans of the zodiacal sign, Leo, or the lion. The sixteenth spirit said, I am called Artrix. I inflict upon men, fevers, both irremediable and harmful. If you would imprison me, chop up coriander, and smear it on the lips, reciting the following charm, this fever which is from dirt, I exorcise thee by the throne of the Most High God. Retreat from dirt, and retreat from the creature fashioned by God. And at once, I shall retreat.
The seventeenth said, I am called Eropale. On the stomach of men do I sit, and cause convulsions, in the bath, and on the road. And wherever I be found, or wherever I find a man, I throw him down. But if any one will say to the afflicted, three times, into their right ear, these names, Uterize, Sabune, Dino, I shall at once retreat. And the eighteenth said, I am called Boldamek. I separate wife from husband, and bring about a grudge between them. If anyone write down the legends, on paper, as follows, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, commands you, retire from this house, in peace, and if placed in the antechamber of his house, I at once retire. These spirits, from 16th to 18th, were the three decans of the zodiacal sign, Virgo, or the Virgin. The 19th spirit said, I am called Naoth, and I take my seat on the knees of men. If anyone write on paper, Pananabal, depart Nathath, and touch not the neck, I at once retreat. The twentieth said, I am called Madero. I send on men, incurable fever. If anyone write on the leaf of a book, Sphina, Raphael, retire Madero. Drag me not about, and flay me not, and tie it round his neck, I at once retreat. And the twenty-first said, I am called a laugh, and I cause coughing, and hard breathing in children. If anyone write on paper, Rorex, do pursue a laugh, and fasten it round his neck, I at once retire. These spirits, from 19th to 21st, were the three decans of the zodiacal sign, Libra, or the scales. The 22nd spirit was also not given account of, or perhaps, declined to share details of himself but he is called Odamioth. The twenty-third spirit said, I am called Nephada. I cause the rains to ache, and I bring about dicery. If anyone write on a plate of tin, the words, Ithath, Uriel, Nephada, and fasten it round the loins, I at once retreat. And the twenty-fourth said, I am called Akhtun. I cause ribs, and lumbic muscles to ache. If one engraves, on copper material, taken from a ship which has missed its anchorage, as thus, Marmarat, Sabout, pursue Akhtun, and fasten it round the loin, I at once retreat. These spirits, from the 22nd to the 24th, were the three decans of the zodiacal sign, Scorpio, or the Scorpion. The twenty-fifth spirit said, I am called Anatruth, and I rend burnings, and fevers, into the entrails. But if I hear, Herrera, Sharara, instantly, do I retreat? The twenty-sixth said, I am called Enanuf. I steal away men's minds, and change their hearts, and make a man toothless. If one writes, Alazul, Pursue N enough, and tie the paper round him, I at once retreat. And the twenty-seventh said, I am called fifth. 
I make men consumptive and cause hemorrhagia. If one exorcises me with sweet-smelling wine, unmixed by the eleventh eon, and say, I exorcise you, fifth, stop, by the eleventh eon, then give it to the patient to drink, I shall at once retreat. These spirits, from the twenty-fifth to the twenty-seventh, were the three decans of the zodiacal sign, Sagittarius, or the archer. The twenty-eighth spirit said, I am called Harpax, and I send sleeplessness on men. If one writes, Cocladismos, and bind it round the temples, I at once retire. The twenty-ninth said, I am called Anosta. I give rise to uterine mania, and pains in the bladder. If one powders into pure oil, three seeds of laurel, and smear it on, saying, I exorcise thee, Anosta. Stop, by Marmarat. At once, shall I retreat. And the thirtieth said, I am called Alagorath. If in eating fish, one has swallowed a bone, then he must take a bone from the fish, and cough, and at once I retreat. These spirits, from the twenty-eighth to the thirtieth, were the three decans of the zodiacal sign, Capricorn, or the goat. The thirty-first spirit said, I am called Hephasimereth, and I cause lingering disease. If you throw salt, rubbed in the hand, into oil, and smear it on the patient, saying, Seraphim, Cherubim, help me. I at once retire. The thirty-second said, I am called Ichthion. I paralyze muscles and contuse them. If I hear, Adonith, help me. I at once retire. And the thirty-third said, I am called Aconian. I lie among swaddling clothes and in the precipice. And if any one writes on fig leaves, Lycurgos, taking away one letter at a time, and write it, reversing the letters, like so, Lycurgos, Hikurgos, Kurgos, Ergos, Goes, Os. I retire at once. These spirits, from thirty-first to thirty-third, were the three decans of the zodiacal sign, Aquarius, or the water-bearer. The thirty-fourth spirit said, I am called Autothith. I cause grudges and fighting. Therefore, I am frustrated by Alpha and Omega, if written down. The thirty-fifth said, I am called Thanoth. I cast evil eye on every man. Therefore, the suffering eye, if it be drawn, frustrates me. And the thirty-sixth said, I am called by Anna Kith, and I have a grudge against the body. I lay houses to waste, I cause flesh to decay, and all else that is similar. If a man writes on the front door of his house, Melto, Arju, Anath, I flee from that place. These spirits, from the thirty-fourth to the thirty-sixth, were the three decans of the zodiacal sign, pieces, or the fish. Having heard all of this, Solomon commanded them to fetch water in the temple of God. But they resisted, 
just as they warned him they would. And Solomon prayed to the Lord God, to cause the demons to be bound, and made to approach the temple. Then he condemned some of them to do the heavy work of the construction of the temple of God, and some of them, he shut up in prisons, and others, he condemned them to wrestle with fire, in the making of gold and silver, sitting down by lead and spoon, and to make ready, places for the other demons, who would also be confined. the thirty-six spirits and the spirits before them, had all been bound. Solomon had much quiet in all the earth, and spent his time in profound peace, honored by all men, and by everything under heaven. With the help of the demons, he built the entire temple of the Lord God, and his kingdom was prosperous. His army was with him, and the city and people of Jerusalem had serenity, rejoicing and delighted. All the kings of the earth came to him from the ends of the earth to behold the temple which he built, and having heard of the wisdom given to him, they paid homage to him in the temple, bringing gold and silver and precious stones, bringing bronze, iron, lead, and cedar logs. They also brought him woods that do not decay for the equipment of the temple. Among them also, the Queen of the South, being a witch, came in curiosity, and bowed low before the king. She tried all of his wisdom, and he instructed her, according to the wisdom imparted to him. One day, one of his workmen, of ripe old age, threw himself down before his throne, and said, King Solomon, pity me, because I am old. Solomon bade him to stand up, saying, Tell me, old man, all you will. And the old man answered, I beg you, king, I have an only born son, and he insults and beats me publicly, and plucks out the hair of my head, and threatens me with a painful death. Therefore, I beg you, avenge me. And Solomon felt pity on him as he looked at his old age, and commanded that the child be brought to him. When he was brought, Solomon questioned him as to whether his father's accusations were true. And the youth said, I was never so filled with madness that I would strike my father with my own hand. Be kind to me, O king, for I would not dare commit such impiety, poor wretch that I am. On hearing this from the youth, and not sure which to believe, Solomon urged the old man to reflect on the matter, and accept his son's apology. However, the old man would not listen, and insisted he would rather let him die. And as the old man would not yield, Solomon was about to pass sentence on the youth, when he saw Ornias the demon, laughing. He was furious at the demon laughing in his presence, and ordered his men to lead the father and son outside, for a moment, and bring Ornias forward, before his tribunal. 
When Ornias was brought before him, Solomon said to him, Accursed one, why did you look at me and laugh? And the demon answered, I pray thee, king, it was not because of you I laughed, but because of this ill-fated old man, and the wretched youth, his son. For after three days, his son will die untimely, and here stands the old man, desiring to foully make away with him. Solomon said to the demon, Is what you say true? And he answered, It is true, O king. And Solomon bade them to remove the demon, and that they should again bring before him the old man with his son. He told them to make friends with one another, and supplied them with food. Then he told the old man to bring his son to him again, after three days, and they saluted him, and went their way. When they had gone, Solomon again had the demon Ornias brought before him, and said to him, Tell me, how do you know this? And he answered, We demons ascend into the heavens, and fly about among the stars. And we hear the sentences which go forth upon the souls of men. With this knowledge, we come down, and whether by force of influence, or by fire, or by sword, or by some accident, we unleash our act of destruction, thereby carrying out the sentences, upon those they were pronounced. For men who are not sentenced to die untimely, by disaster, or by violence, we appear to them in our human nature, and walk among them, and be worshipped by them. Solomon again questioned the demon, saying, Tell me how you can ascend into heaven, being demons, and intermingle with the holy angels. And he answered, Just as things are fulfilled in heaven, so also are they fulfilled on earth, for there are principalities, authorities, and world rulers. We fly about in the air, and we hear the voices of the heavenly beings, and survey all the powers. But as we have no ground, on which to alight, and rest, we lose strength, and fall off, like leaves from trees. And men, seeing us, imagine that the stars are falling from heaven. But it is not really so, O king, we fall because of our weakness, and because we do not have anything to lay hold of, and so we fall down like lightning, in the depth of the night, and suddenly, we set cities in flames, and fire to the fields. Finding it hard to believe, Solomon ordered that the demon be guarded for five days. After the five days had expired, Solomon called for the old man again, and was about to question him about his son. But the old man came to him in grief, and with a sad face. And Solomon said to him, Tell me, old man, where is your son? And why do you look gloomy? And he answered, Lo, I have become childless, and now sit by my son's grave, in despair, for it has already been two days since he died. And Solomon, on hearing this, knew that the demon Ornias had told him the truth. The Queen of the South saw all this happen, and was marveled. She beheld the temple of God, with all of its great works and precious stones, and donated a shekel of gold, 
and one hundred myriads of silver and of bronze. After the revelation of Ornias the demon, Solomon one day received a letter from the king of the Arabians, which read as follows, to King Solomon, all hail. Lo, we have heard about the wisdom bestowed upon you by the Lord, and that you are a merciful man. We know you have been granted understanding over all the spirits of the air, and on earth, and under the earth. Right now, in the land of Arabia, there is a spirit of the following kind. At early dawn, caused by this spirit, there begins to blow a certain wind, until the third hour. Its blast is so harsh and terrible, that it slays both man and beast, and no spirit can live upon earth against this demon. I pray you then, for as much as the spirit is a wind, come up with a solution according to the wisdom given to you by the Lord your God, and accept to send a man able to capture it. If you would do this, King Solomon, I and my people, and all my land, will serve you till death, and all of Arabia shall be at peace with you, if you will perform this act of righteousness for us. We pray you, despise not our humble prayer, and suffer not to bring to nothing the province under your authority, because we are supplicants, both I and my people, and all my land. Farewell to my Lord, all health. But because he had a pressing matter to attend to, Solomon gave the letter to his servant, telling him to remind him of it after seven days. And what was this matter? Even though the temple of the Lord had been built, it was not yet finished, for there was a great stone, lying there in front of the temple, the cornerstone, which Solomon desired to lay in the head of the corner, for the completion of the temple. But try all they might, none of his workmen could lift that stone, not even when combined, and neither could any of their equipments. For days, Solomon wondered what this could be. Surely. He knew this was no ordinary stone, for it was the same stone the Crest of Dragons spoke of some time back. The stone which had been brought up from the Red Sea by Epipus, the wind spirit of Arabia. And perhaps only he could lift it and place it at the exact spot desired by the king. After seven days, being reminded of the letter from the king of Arabia, Solomon called his servant and said to him, Prepare your camel, and get yourself a leather flask, and take also this seal. Go into the land of Arabia, to the place in which the wind spirit blows, and there, untie the flask, and place the ring in the mouth of the flask, then hold them towards the blast of the spirit. When the flask is swollen and blown out, you will know that the demon has been trapped into it. Then hastily tie up the mouth of the flask, and seal it securely with the ring. Lay it carefully upon the camel, 
and bring it to me quickly. If on the way, the spirit offers you gold, or silver, or treasure, in return for letting it go, see that you are not persuaded, but listen to it, without swearing an oath to release it. And then, if it points out to the places where there are gold or silver, mark the places, and seal them with the ring, and proceed to bring the demon to me. Go now, and fare thee well. The youth did as he had been bidden, and entered the land of the Arabians. And when the people of that region saw him, they could not believe that he would be able to catch the spirit. But when dawn came, and the blast began, the youth stood up, and laid the flask, with the ring in its mouth, on the ground, before the spirit's blast. And as the spirit blew, it was sucked right into the flask, by the ring. Seeing the flask had blown out, and knowing the spirit was inside, he promptly tightened its mouth, and sealed it in the name of the Lord God of Sabaoth, and the demon remained within the flask. He stayed in that land for three days, to make sure this spirit had been conquered. And indeed, the spirit no longer blew against that city, and all the Arabians knew that he had safely captured the spirit. As the youth made his way back to Jerusalem, the Arabians sent him forth, with much honor and precious gifts, praising the God of Israel. When he arrived, he at once laid the leather flask in the middle of the temple, for the king to see. And when Solomon went into the temple, still distressed about the cornerstone which could not be lifted, the flask stood up, and walked seven steps towards him, and then fell on its mouth, and bowed to him. Solomon marveled, that even while shut inside the bottle, the demon still had power, and could walk about. And so he bade it to stand up, and the flask stood up on its feet, all blown out. Solomon questioned the spirit, saying, Tell me, who are you? And from within, the spirit answered, I am the jinn, called Ephippus, that is in Arabia. And Solomon said to him, Is that your true name? And he answered, It is. And wheresoever I wish, I alight, and set fire, and blow the winds, and do as I please. Solomon said to him, By what angel are you frustrated? And he answered, by the only Lord, that has authority over me. It is he, who is to be born of a virgin, and crucified by the Jews, on a cross. He, whom the angels and archangels worship. He does frustrate me, and enfeeble me of my great strength, which has been given to me by my father the devil. And Solomon said to him, What can you do? And the spirit answered, I am able to move mountains, and to overthrow the oaths of kings. I can wither beautiful trees, and make their leaves to fall off. And Solomon said to him, Can you raise this great stone that lies at the corner of the temple? And the spirit answered, Not only can I raise this stone, O king, but also, with the help of the demon who presides over the Red Sea, I will bring up the pillar of air, 
and will stand it where you wish, in Jerusalem. So Solomon released him from the flask, and at once, the spirit girded himself up, and lifted the stone, effortlessly, and went up the stairs, with the flask tailing behind him, and laid it down, at the end of the entrance of the temple, just where it was meant to be. And Solomon, beholding the stone, raised aloft, and placed on a foundation, said, Truly, the scripture has been fulfilled. The stone which the builders rejected, has become the chief cornerstone. For it is not by my doing, but by God, that the demon should be strong enough to lift up a stone so great, and deposit it in the place I wished. After the jinn, Ippopas, demonstrated one of his powers to the king, Solomon bade him to bring to him, the demon of the Red Sea, the spirit he so much spoke of to him, so that he could also witness his powers. But it was a trick, Solomon was not so interested in their demonstrations, as much as he wanted to contain the spirits, to bring them both to nothing. And as commanded, Ephippus led the demon of the Red Sea, with the column, and they both took the column, and raised it aloft from the earth. Once they were both under the massive pillar, holding it up in the air, Solomon quickly sealed the two spirits, on that very spot, from both sides, so that they could do nothing, but stand day and night, year after year, holding up the massive stone so that they would never again shake the entire earth, from the depths of the sea, nor blow destructive winds, upon the earth, for as long as he had power over them. He had outwitted the two spirits. And Solomon questioned the other spirit, which came up with the pillar, from the depths of the Red Sea, saying, Who are you? What are you called? And what is your purpose? for I have heard many things about you. And the demon answered, O King Solomon, I am called Abezithabod, and I am a descendant of an archangel. I once sat in the first heaven, of which the name is Ameliath. And now, I am a fierce spirit, with a single wing, plotting against every spirit under heaven. I was present, when Moses went in before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and it is I, who hardened the king's heart. I am he, whom the magicians, Ians and Iambas, invoked against Moses and Aaron, in Egypt. I am he, who fought against Moses, with wonders and signs. Solomon said to him, How were you then found in the Red Sea? And he answered, In the exodus of the sons of Israel, I hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and excited his heart, and that of his ministers. I caused them to pursue after the children of Israel, and Pharaoh followed me, with all of his army. I was present there, and we pursued them together. But when we all came up upon the Red Sea, and it came to pass, that the children of Israel had crossed over, the water returned, 
and hid all the host of the Egyptians, and all their might. The water hid me as well, as I have remained in the sea since then, being trapped under this pillar. But when Ephippus came, being sent by you, he freed me, and fetched me up to you. Having heard this, Solomon commanded the spirits not to disobey him, but to remain, supporting the pillar. And they both swore, saying, As long as the Lord your God liveth, we will not let go of this pillar, until the world's end. But whatever day this stone falls, then shall be the end of the world. As he writes this testament, in his final days, Solomon says to his readers, Watch, the spirits have remained upholding the column until this day, for proof of the wisdom bestowed onto me. Look there, and you will see the pillar of enormous size, hanging in mid-air, supported by the winds. These were the spirits, appearing underneath, like the invisible air, supporting it. And if one looks fixedly, the pillar is a little oblique, being supported by the spirits, and it is so, to this very day. The demons had all been silenced, the temple of the Lord was complete, and his kingdom was prosperous and at peace. He was wealthier than any king before his time, blessed with unfathomable wisdom, and given power beyond mundane comprehension. The Spirit of God was with him, and he had dominion over all the spirits of the air, on the earth, and under the earth. What more could King Solomon ask for? All lands, both far and near, were subject to him, and Solomon began taking wives and concubines of his own, from every land. He took so many, that his consorts were countless, and yet, he would not stop. One day, he marched against the Jebusians, and there, he saw a fair dame, called Jebusian, the daughter of a man and fell violently in love with her, desiring to take her as his wife, in addition to his many others. He came to the Jebusian priests, who were priests of Moloch, and said to them, Give me the Shulamite as a wife. But the priests of Moloch said to him, If you love this maiden, go in then, and worship our gods, the great god Rapan, and the god called Moloch. In fear of the glory of God, Solomon would not do as they bade him, and said to them, I will not worship a strange God. What is this proposal that you compel me to do so much? And they answered, It is our custom, laid by our fathers. And when Solomon answered, that he would on no account worship strange gods, the priests instructed the maiden not to sleep with him, until he complied and sacrifice to the gods. Deeply conflicted, the king slowly began to succumb to his lustful desires. And on a fateful day, that fair maiden, that crafty Eros, brought him five locusts, and laid them beside her, saying, 
take these locusts, and crush them together in the name of the god Moloch, and then, I will sleep with you. And Solomon did it, the worst thing he and his fathers could ever do. By sacrificing locusts to the god Moloch, he had fulfilled the prophecy of the worst of the seven sisters. And at once, the Spirit of God departed from him, and he became weak, as well as foolish, in his words. At the wish of the fair maiden, he built a temple of idols, to Baal, and to Rapha, and to Moloch, and to many other spirits, worshipping and making sacrifices to them. He had fallen into error, just like the spirit of error told him he would. Thus, the Lord God turned his back on Solomon, and his glory departed from him, and his spirit was darkened. The power vested in him was brought to nothing, and he lost his dominion and control over all the spirits of the air, of the earth, and under the earth. They were finally free from his tyranny, and the once greatest king of Jerusalem became an object of ridicule, not only among these spirits, but also among all men who once held him in high esteem and reverence. What madness could make a man fall so low as to give up everything of great importance for something so inconsequential, for pleasure that is fleeting? And so it came to pass that the words of the great Asmodeus and of the seven star sisters, and of the powerful triple goddess, Enepsigos, had all been fulfilled. Therefore, in his last days, Solomon wrote out this testament, so that whoever saw it, may avoid the very mistakes he made, and attend to the last things, and not to the first, so that they may find grace, forever and ever.